Hashtag stat facts. Stat facts. Fat stacks. Yes. Fat, <laughs> fat stats. Ooh. <laughs> the fat stat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and trip around the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex. I'm joined, as always, by Brady and Dave. Boys, happy Monday. Happy Monday. We back. Yeah. Welcome to another wonderful week. Why am I in such a good mood? fantastic football took place and no it did i'm not talking about soccer football no round balls oval (laughs) balls the afc championship and nfc championship took place yesterday january 30th both down to the wire amazing games really good that's two weekends in a row i feel like we're getting spoiled does this mean the super bowl is going to be a blowout i really hope not Fair questions, right? Ah, Dave. <laughs> Super Bowl is usually like the worst playoff football game. Yeah, and it's such a bummer, but food's always good. There's yes. that. And it should be a national holiday anyway. <laughs> it should it be. really should. Yesterday, AFC Championship was Bengals versus Chiefs. Oh. Bengals. Evan McPherson. The cockiest yet best rookie kicker ever. I don't have anything to back that up, but he's really good. (laughs) And he's been telling the team before he kicks it. Yeah, we're winning this game today, boys. (laughs) He sent them to the AFC Championship. He sent them to the Super Bowl. Crazy. Joe Burrow is telling the league, Patrick who? Yeah. Jimmy who? Uh Uh-huh. Matt who? Uh Uh-uh. Tom who? It's me. Crazy. I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. Love it. Love it. Love it. Rams took down the 49ers. Another really close game. Shanahan versus McVay. Always love that matchup. McVay came away with the victory this time, 20 to 17. So, Super Bowl taking place February 13th at 5:30. Bengals versus Rams, Burrow versus Stafford. Brady, I know you're pulling for the Bengals because you hate Matt Stafford. A I lot. yeah, there's there's some <laughs> there's some stuff there I need to work out. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a <laughs> not a Stat Padford supporter, but I think it's just some re- residual conference NFC North hate. Uh, but I never he played for the Lions, man. You can't hate him because <laughs> yeah. he plays for the Lions. I just feel bad for him. That's why I kind of want the Rams to win, but they've also been competitive recently. I would love to see the Bengals go and do it. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I was riding pretty high on the Bengals, hoping that they were going to get this far. I I think I had them beating the Titans, but I wasn't really sure they could pull it off against the Chiefs, especially since we knew it would be at Arrowhead. Right. Um, but I don't think they anyone. Did. Yeah. I don't think anyone really thought that they could do it. Yeah. They did. I'm like rooting for the story to continue, but I also 
hate Odell Beckham Jr. and <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. So I'm definitely pulling for the Bengals. I, I don't think Ramsey's as good as he thinks he is. And I think uh, I hope Burrow torches him. I think that'd be very enjoyable to watch. So. I mean, I would love it. Joe Burrow is the first quarterback, first, first overall pick quarterback to lead his team to the Super Bowl in his second year. And what's so significant about that is he went to a bad team with a bad offensive line and is still doing this very successfully. It's pretty amazing. Yes. He went to a four and 12 team and now they're in the Super Bowl. And that was a team that they were four and 12 with him actually last year. So he, he also had a massive leg injury, yeah, which took him out, but Ooh, they were bad for a long time. So good for them. I kind of want them to do it. Good for them. Good for Joe Burrow. Like he's just, he's so likable, even though he is so confident and I'm not really sure how that works other than that silly word we call it, the it he's factor. Joey. I mean, Joe cool, whatever you want to call him. It's he's got it <laughs> and it's crazy to see. I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope there's a ton of Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. I hope there is a ton of, sorry, Dave, OBJ. <laughs> I hope there's a ton of Van Jefferson. Cooper I want Cup. bombs. Cooper Cup. There will yeah, be. How Cooper did I forget Cup. him? I forgot yes. the best wide receiver. Well, because in the he's NFL. the most unassuming star we've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But man, when he gets a ball in his hand, he's just like impossible to take down. He's just wild. Anyway, Super Bowl, February 13th at 5.30. Has nothing to do with the soccer universe, but I'm just really excited. I will be glued to the TV. (laughs) And uh, yeah. All right. Back to the world of soccer. Chicago Red Stars. Big, huge news. They picked their coach, right? No, no Uh, coach yet. Uh, Interim taking over for the preseason, which isn't always, uh, it's not really a great sign. But the Uh-oh. the little blurb that they sent out was, we haven't found a coach that's right for this squad, which is fine. And I'd rather them take the time than rush it. But going into preseason without your coach is not a great sign. I will say um, we got a new associate GM who is a former Red Star player, Michelle Lonicki. So that's kind of fun uh, to see an ex-player on the same team uh, move into the business side of the uh the establishment. So that's cool. And yeah, we'll see. We'll let you know as soon as we know about that coaching situation. For sure. Love the former Red Star player getting in the front office role though, executive role. How fun is that? So not much going on in the Red Stars camp. However, for the fire, we do have a good amount of news. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So first of all, we've got some call-ups. Gaga Slonina, was on the full U.S. men's national team roster, which is crazy because, again, he is 17. It is crazy. We need to watch him live while we can because, honestly, every time he's mentioned, it's like future U.S. men's national team number one keeper, like immediately like stated that in the first paragraph because not a lot of people know who he is yet. And then followed Mm by... A lot of teams in Europe want him, mm-hmm. specifically the Premier League. So it's I don't think we're gonna have much time. I wouldn't even be shocked if something happened midway through this season. It might be a little too early, but if he stays in good health and in good form, 
very limited amount of time we'll get to see him. Yeah, I agree with that. I hope he stays for at least this season, maybe. Let him, you know, reach 18. But uh, yeah. who's to say? And they're going to be, the fire are going to be wheeling and dealing some of these uh, younger players. So it's that's the way it's going to be. And good for Gaga that he's already got this much hype around him. I did want to mention that Tony Miola, who does our broadcast, he's a bit of a homer like us, but he compares him to Gigi Buffon. In the way that he crazy. carries himself, he wants to. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's crazy to say, but it's a lot of it has to do with his maturity. And every day he's a sponge and he doesn't forget what he learned the, the previous day type thing. So it's not even about his athleticism, the fact that he's six four. Um, like it's not even about that. It's about how he carries himself every day in training as a young man. That's really impressive, and it's why a lot of teams are talking about him right now. More call-ups. Brian Gutierrez and Javier Casas to the U20 Brian. US team. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I You kind of forget how young these guys are, but they are both 18 as well. They played MLS minutes last season. Insane mm-hmm. to say. And Brian yeah. looks like a baby, though. I mean, they do. He does. <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask, like, do you guys think he'll start this year? I, I thought whenever he was Ooh. in there, he was very creative. Yes, he's very young and has a lot to learn, but I think I'd, I'd like to see him out there more often. I feel like it kind of depends on the mentality of the new coach. Sure. If he's willing to put young players out there that are going to make mistakes, but it's worth it to get them that experience versus it seemed like Wiki was more, I don't know if it was a win now mentality, but he was like, I am going to play the players that I know will make fewer mistakes, even if they're way older and not as exciting. So, I, I'm not sure there was that concrete of a plan with Wiki, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, I just, I think that Brian himself has earned like that depth piece. Like he may not start every game, but I don't think Ezra will have a problem starting him on the occasional game. You know, when you need, you got those midweeks and stuff like that. Uh, Javier was less convincing to me, but at this age, everyone's progressing so quickly. They could totally, we could totally see him start. I did want to mention Miguel Navarro got called up to Venezuela, which is fun. Oof. He's seen no action yet. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good to see him at least get some training with a different squad, you know, international exposure. That's a good thing. Definitely. I was going to say, if he was starting, I guess that tells you why Venezuela is in last place, but I guess you <laughs> clarified that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't start, and I don't know that he'd help anyway. <laughs> <We'll> nope. <see. laughs> Um, and then uh, moving into some of our preseason uh, news, Ezra yeah. is talking a lot, which is a good thing. And some of the things that he has stated is more progressive possession style soccer. So that's a fun thing to hear. Uh, he likes to have the ball. And when you don't have it, to try and get it back as quickly as possible. It sounds mm. a lot like Columbus Crew style soccer. Yeah, this will be really fun to watch if we actually can successfully build a team who could maintain the ball and get it back quickly. I, I I felt like Wiki started to address the fact that a lot of the time, all we do is punt the ball down the field and chase it and kind of feel rushed. But I still felt like it was lacking at times. Like we had the possession possession, but it wasn't threatening possession where I felt like we were in control of the game. Yeah. I would say as far I haven't seen any games yet, and we'll get into the the first preseason game, but I haven't seen any of the actual mm-hmm. play yet 
from everything that's been said though where wiki was a run downhill type coach like we are going to work in transition and play that way it sounds like ezra wants to create those transition moments but when it's not on we're going to be able to break down uh, a bunker defense we're going to be able to Mm. keep it and have it for a while versus just go at goal does the Ezra play style lend itself to a less stressful watch? <laughs> That's a great question, and we will not have the answer to that yet. <laughs> I just felt like watching the fire, well, they were also not very good, but the wiki style of being a loaded spring and then, bam, you go, was holding that spring together that whole time was basically just (laughs) waiting for something really bad to happen. And then you get five seconds of fun and they can't put it in the goal because they were the fire in the 2020 season. I was just, it was very, it was very difficult to watch. I really hope us having the ball, maintaining possession. Hopefully if we can do it more fun. I I think ideally Ezra wants to hold the ball in your half, in the opponent's half, whereas Wiki was like, we can spring from anywhere and be dangerous from anywhere. I think Ezra will be more focused on let's own our own half and then create in their half. I think that's... But again, I haven't seen any of the games yet, so we will see. And I, the last thing that he has said is no one has a starting spot yet, which I think every coach would say at this moment, but it's just a good thing to say. It's whoever's going to play the best from here until our first game is who's going to be starting. And I think that's exactly the mindset he should have right now. And that will take us right to the preseason game versus Herman's Minnesota Loons. Yeah, baby. A dramatic, <laughs> exciting, nothing, nothing draw. Ooh, sweet. Thank Sounds God like I didn't pre-season. watch it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a preseason game. It that's scoring goals is one of the hardest things to do in soccer. It's one of the yeah. last things that comes back in preseason form. So that's to be expected at this point. Again, I didn't get to see the game, but from what I read from the lineup, it looks to be a four two three one that Ezra wants to play out of. And he had Pineda playing in the midfield next to Navarro, and then Jimenez was the number ten. Just game one. Doesn't mean anything conclusive. But that's an interesting look as a controlling the game midfield. And that's a number 10 who's going to make that late run into the box. And we saw that a few times last season in Jimenez. That ice cold D of Minnesota Loons <laughs> kept the fire out of the net. Not surprised. So this is all good stuff. Great information to have. However, the biggest piece of news has yet to be revealed. The main reason for that is because I cannot pronounce this person's (laughs) name, but he is a striker. Big help. Brady, you got to you got to tell us who it is. Yep. I got that one. Uh, Buried the lead here. Casper Shabilko. Big deal. This is a big signing for the fire. I'm really surprised at the piece of business. It's only one point five million for a player of this caliber. Not a DP. That's pretty impressive. I'm excited for that. Uh, just some interesting facts. He has the fourth highest combined goals and assists since he joined the MLS. So that's since 2019. He has 49 combined goals and assists. Mm. That's only behind Carlos Vela, Tati Castellanos, and Johnny Russell. That Those are three names that are big deals in the MLS and Carlos so he, Vela internationally. So he's a playmaker. 
near the goal, which is clearly what the fire needed last year, along with defense. I would say he's more of a goal scorer that can also yeah. create around him, which is even more of what we needed. That's and great. Ostensibly what Barish was, but we got rid of a DP. <laughs> yeah. Not a DP who was more productive last season. Yeah, actually, that's a great transition to something I wanted to talk about, too, because there's some wild like comments on like the Bleacher Report page for the Chicago Fire. Yeah, I'm probably one of the five people that are on that constantly. But they were saying <laughs> that, like, uh, you know, like, why are we wasting our money on a guy who has the same amount of goals over the last two seasons as Barrage? But the funny thing is, is that he scored more than Barrish did in this last season. And like you had mentioned, Brady, he's, he's got a pretty high assist account, I think 10 over the last two seasons. So he's very involved. I think, I don't know. He just sounds like he's a team type player that we need right now compared yeah. to Barrish who's flashy and expensive, like for the amount of money that we got him for. It's awesome. Yeah. Shabilko scored 12 goals last year. That's four better than any fire player on our roster last season pretty insane to say uh he had four assists as well which was only behind madron who took our set pieces who was our main playmaker so madron had six okay uh and then he tied with herbers and sekulich who were second place for the fire so a guy who isn't really an assister but will create is better already at creating than the people we have on the team now and he's not a dp we've got two more slots that we could spend money on that's i keep saying it but it's a big deal he's six four he ranked in the top five in aerials attempted and won last season and he can finish with both feet and his head it's a that's a big deal yeah and then i was gonna say x factor he's a polish guy mm-hmm. so that's also good for chicago right <laughs> he was born in germany but he yeah <laughs> yeah he played for the um he never played for the senior Polish team, but he made a lot of appearances for the under like 21s and stuff. So I was just say a, a little bias there from Dave. I don't blame you. If, <laughs> if he plays like Frankie, I'll be right along with you too. <laughs> oh, better than Frankie. I hope <laughs> Frankie. Ah, I miss him. All right. A lot of hope kind of hopefully light at the end of the tunnel, a little bit fire better year this year. Seems like some of the changes that we were talking about near the tail end of the season, as obvious as they were, new management, new coach is trying to move in that direction. So happy to see that. Hopefully it pans out for them. Now, moving on to the big stage. International break means international rivalries. The United States, Sunday, January 30th, played Canada at 2 p.m. I hope you tuned in. Or maybe not. Yeah, there was football to watch. United I did States. have to double screen it. <laughs> yes, I did too. Well, at least the football was good then because the USA <sighs> lost to Canada. Dosa Cero in reverse. Mm. Oops. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I didn't really want to break this one down. Um, I just kind of wanted to discuss it no as blame. a, yeah, as a more open forum if you will uh so dave what are your initial thoughts on just the lineup in and of itself i, I had a are you kidding me moment when zardes was starting <laughs> I figured uh, <laughs> for me like the second game where Pepe isn't there and then you start jesus uh ferreira 
mm-hmm. the first game, why not put him back out there again and get some consistency going? For me, I don't find Zardes to be all that physical. Like it, he doesn't just impress me. Like if that's what the play was, because they knew it would be a little bit more rough with Canada. I don't really agree with it. I feel like, although he has scored, I think quite a few goals in qualifying. I just, he's not the long-term answer. So I don't know why we're messing around with him. Yeah. I would argue that Burhalter thought he'd be the more experienced I mean, he is the most experienced striker that we have. So I think mm-hmm. his experience would help him break down a Canadian side and he wouldn't be intimidated by them or something like that. I wish that Ferreira played because I think he would have unlocked a little bit more. He would have, because he plays that false nine just almost by habit, um, by his own just style. Um, but he might have pulled out some of those center backs into uncomfortable positions, which is not Zardes's game. Zardes's game is... He's fast and he's going to win some 50-50s and he's going to be dangerous at those near post runs in the box. But we didn't really take those opportunities anyway. So I think Ferreira would have been a better option. Uh, Pepe is a little down on form right now in the Bundesliga. So I do understand why he's not getting the call up right now. But not the call up. He's in the roster, but not the call to start because it's just not quite happening for him. And we can just kind of see it. I'm surprised that Polisic played. Uh, I think him going back to back to back is a lot to ask of him and specifically his hamstrings. And I'm sure Chelsea wouldn't be incredibly happy with him playing a lot of games, but he needs to get his form back as well. (laughs) Um, I mean, he needs to get his form back. He's not playing on full cylinders right now, and it's, it's noticeable. We're kind of... I think the sense of our overall feel is pretty pretty apparent right now we're kind of down it's not good i don't know i if we're if we wanted to talk about just the overall feel of the game too like i don't know it, it felt a little bit more physical and chippy than i thought we were going to get with canada mm. kind of reminded me of like a game against mexico or uh costa rica where it got really physical and there was a lot of hard fouls and pushing after the whistle mm-hmm. was blown you know stuff like that Watching the game with Brad, there was a lot of when Brady sees a foul and it's not called, he says, sir, sir, I can't even help it. Asking the referee for, hey, please, what are we? There was a lot of that going on. What are we doing? And so I it definitely was a CONCACAF matchup. Yeah, sure. I had also caught myself a few times feeling that some of the shots they took on instinct, I felt were really poor choices like mm. normally you want you're you're worried when your strikers hold on to the ball too long but i felt like there was multiple times where i was like you should have taken an extra dribble and see if people kind of adjusted to it or or maybe one more pass would have been you know really nice and easy tap in if we had just done that there's just a few moments where i thought that you know extra ball or a, a couple extra few steps would have really helped and maybe created an opportunity I don't know what your thoughts on that, Brady, were. I think Canada playing so defensively inhibits a lot of that. It's all of a sudden you see an opportunity to shoot and you haven't had one in a while because there are so many defenders surrounding you. Then you you decide to take a shot that maybe you don't need to or we turn turn around and try to play around it or something like that. I just it looked to me like the U.S. did not have that snap instinct in this game. It just wasn't a 
when we had an opportunity to counter or there was a breakdown caused by our, our ball movement, we then didn't take the opportunity to go right at them. There was a lot of backwards passing, 50-50s might have been one, and then, oh, we got to retain possession here instead of go for the kill. I don't know if game state had to do with that. Like, we're a goal down. We really need to make something pretty happen. Um, but it never felt like the U.S. got into another gear, which we needed to get into mm-hmm. to be a packed in defense. I also kind of felt like the subs kind of weren't very impressive when they came on, you know, Pepe, as you mentioned, has been out of form, but I was excited when he got on the field and he took one pretty awful shot, which is (laughs) where I kind of thought an extra pass would have been great because Morris was kind of open in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. Then I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then Morris also though, I feel like, we're almost allowing him to do his recovery project from his injury mm. on the U S men's national team. And I think that's dumb as well. Like when's the last time he's played a competitive game and now he's out on, on the field for the U S men's national team. <laughs> yeah. We can be up and down about this squad. Like we've got a good group of players. A lot of them play in Europe. We can feel confident about that, but I did want to talk about some of the big players on our team. Polisic, not really showing much. Brennan Aronson was good, but then just lacked that killer mm-hmm. instinct. Tyler Adams has a hamstring now. Like that's now becoming a recurring theme with Tyler Adams, even though he's one of our best, best players. I thought McKenney and Musa didn't really create very much against Canada. Weren't even really that mm-hmm. great against El Salvador, you know? No. So a little worrying that when your big stars don't hit, all of a sudden our depth that we think looks amazing now is starting to get a little bit questionable. And yeah, if Jordan Morris isn't fully recovered yet, why is he on the squad? That's like exactly what, how I was feeling too, because I guess over the summer I was looking at this team, like, Oh my God, like we have so many really good players like that are coming up. Like you had, you know, Busio like coming off the bench and kind of could inject some energy and other big names. And now I'm looking at it like, Oh man, like, here we go again. We're going to maybe barely get into the world cup. And (laughs) and then when we go there, it's not going to probably go very well. (laughs) Yeah. The nervousness is rising for sure. Uh, Dave, you, you picked out some Canadian players to talk about. Yeah. Cause there was nothing good to say about the United (laughs) States team. Uh, I think it's Borjan, the, the keeper. He was Mm -hmm. just locked in. Yeah. His energy was was really good to see. Made some, Amazing saves, including a stop of a McKenny header that had a lot of speed on it. Huge save there. Game changing yeah. save because that could have been a big goal for us. Also, goalkeeper wearing sweatpants. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while, <laughs> <laughs> but it was cold as hell out there, too. Yeah, that's true. I thought uh, Buchanan just had a lot of good energy and just never gave up. It's like a, a pest, I guess, was the best way to describe him. And he was getting in the heads of our players and mm-hmm. you know, just was very persistent. Uh, and then the one one player on the Canadian team, I thought somebody should have fouled him really hard was Osario. <laughs> he was just like a bully out there. He was pushing people around. Like he was somebody who I saw very active after the whistle multiple times and nobody kind of put him in his place, you know. It was just a bunch of kids out there with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think because he's also a kid, he's pretty young as well. Um, He did look very confident and he is the perfect number 10 for this Canadian team because he's more, like you said, bully, but I would say even like 50, 50 winner, he's a grinder more than a creator even. And so he, he keeps the game very simple 
And when Fonzo Davies, he didn't play in this game, but when he's out there, Jonathan David, Kyle Laren, let mm-hmm. them create and you just be that little linchpin right in the middle, win stuff in uncomfortable places against the U.S. Yeah, he was really good in this game. That's a really good shout. All right, we do have to talk about the goal we gave up. No. So, no. I was going to say, like, we only want to talk about the one goal, right? Because yeah. the other one was just kind of that's Yeah, trash. we were sending people forward, and yeah, yeah that was a, a game state goal for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That Turner kick was trash, but at the same time, I don't really think it was all his fault. I think no. it was put in the middle of the field and nobody was there, but then there's no excuse as to why the defense collapsed. So (laughs) here's the detail. Here's the detail that you might have missed. Turner, when he decides to go long, because Canada had pushed their players forward to make sure we didn't go short, Turner never pushed his center backs forward. And that is Mm -hmm. a huge reason why when there's a header run, one straight back at your center backs, if they're not up with the forwards, that's how you get this easy one, two goes right through the heart of your defense. If Turner sends his center backs forward, then that one, it's easier to win that second ball on the header. Two, your defenders are in better positional uh, areas anyway to deal with it. And three, hopefully your midfield is also moved up with them. So now you just have mm-hmm. less of that gap that Canada just went right down the middle, right through us. Yeah, that was a, a, a detail that is on Turner. It's on the center backs. It's on the whole kind of defensive unit. And then... Yeah, kick the ball. It's cold. I know it's going to hurt. I think it was his first one. And yeah, no, that that one sucked. <laughs> okay, so yeah, a 2-0 loss against Canada. Not great. Uh, Richards got hurt. Possible broken foot. Uh, Tyler Adams with another hamstring. <sighs> yeah, that not only is not good for us based on like, you know, the World Cup coming up this year, but then like, you know, you want them to continue and play with their clubs so they're yeah. in good form if we actually make it. <laughs> it's <laughs> not good. Uh, Berhalter says we played well. Yeah. Uh, apparently, we dominated Canada. So don't worry, guys. We got this. <laughs> That's not how I feel about it at all, especially nope. with Davies not even being on the pitch, their best yeah. player. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So... We are playing last place Honduras on Wednesday. So this will be the day before we release the podcast. They're the only team that's mathematically eliminated from making the World Cup. However, I don't care at all. They will come to play against the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got Everybody likes to be a spoiler. Yeah. Uh-huh. We got to get three points. We're playing in Minnesota. It might be negative Ooh-wee. degrees in Minnesota, even colder than it was in Canada. So hooray for that. Yeah, baby. Yikes. It'll I make don't Honduras, feel good about this at all, though, man. Right. It'll make Honduras <laughs> uncomfortable, but we're mm-hmm. the ones who are supposed to be playing pretty soccer anyway. So why aren't, you know, I just, Right. I'm, I'm getting it looks more so and more bad nervous. against El Salvador that I just don't feel very good about this at all. Yeah. Uh, we are still second, tied with Mexico on points with a uh, one goal better goal differential. However, we do need to be top three. Top four yeah. plays, uh, there's a playoff involved, which I don't want to be any part of. So we need to be top three. Three points against Honduras will go a long way to get us there. Yeah, like it, it's a playoff against uh, somebody from like the Asian, like qualif- it's like the Oceania, right? I'm not mis- like Australia, yeah, that group. Yeah, and who knows who's going to come out of there. Like it right. could be a much more difficult matchup than we think. 
You can hear it. We're getting more and more nervous, but... Yep. And you are making me nervous by proxy. Also, <laughs> yes, these, these smaller, I want to say scrappier teams come to play and the United States is the big, shiny, ooh, look, yep, we're all... No, they want to come and beat the United States. Mm-hmm. That's CONCACAF, get baby. It. You just summed it up. Yeah. Whew. All right. U.S. men's team... Get it together. Make it happen. Moving over to the EPL. Quick update for all three of our teams. I'm kicking it off. Chelsea. Not a whole lot of news. International break is going on right now. However, before we dive into the one noteworthy transaction that took place for Chelsea, we need to talk about the last match that they played, which was against Tottenham. They crushed... The little baby Spurs, <laughs> two to zero. Yeah, there was a gap between our two teams, wasn't there? <laughs> Just twisting the knife, Brady. Just <laughs> twisting the knife. Mm. Um, the transfer window, though. They came to terms with Charlton Athletic, sign and loan back deal for Mason Burstow. If you don't know that name, that's okay. He's a highly rated teenage striker. And apparently there's a lot of competition around him. We'll see if he pans out. This is a Chelsea move. Sign and loan right back to him. (laughs) Yep. All right. I'll take over Tottenham then. Thank you for that, Herman. Uh, Two to zero. (laughs) Okay. January transfer deadline day action, which is crazy to say for a Spurs fan because Levy never does deals in January. Typically, everyone's super expensive and all this stuff. We did lose three players. Lo Celso loaned to Villarreal for the rest of the season. Brian Hill loaned to Valencia. So they're go- both going back to Spain. Uh, and Domble loaned back to Lyon and with an option to repurchase him as well. So... The top two, the Spanish kids, are loans who will be coming back but don't really fit how Conte plays. So I think that's a huge rationale as to why they're leaving. And Dombele, I'm sad about, but also he was one of the Spurs. I think he was our record signing and hasn't quite panned out. He's super talented. You can see it. uh, But he also doesn't fit Conte's system. So there is that. Deli Ali, we'll see ya transfers to Everton. This makes me really sad. Like from an emotional, I love Ali's game. The crazy goal he scored against Crystal Palace will forever remain in my memory. Fantastic player, but hasn't really hit the heights. So when I go objectively, he's not really gotten that, that much better. Um, He had a really close relationship with Pochettino. So perhaps just losing him as a manager he never quite fit into anyone else's plans after that. And I think he's also had some injury stuff. However, soon to be relegated of Everton. <laughs> yes. No, let's not forget heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So those are the outs. The ins, though, these are big deals. These are big players. Rodrigo Betancur, he's a center midfielder, but could play anywhere in the midfield. And he fits exactly Conte's style. Hard-nosed, he's going to hit you hard in a tackle. He might beat you with a really nice pass with a good move. Mm. Uruguayan center midfielder, really good player. And then Dejan Kulusevski, super fast, winger. Sweet move. Yeah, this is a big deal. It's a loan and sign type idea. He's. I would make a good comparison to Sun here. 
really, really fast, could beat you on the dribble, really good delivery, and that's what we need to get Kane some more goals. Uh, this is a big, this is a good one. Do you know, like, is he just not fitting into the picture at Juventus there or just out of form? Like, what happened? Because I, I thought he was really exciting for them the past couple of years. And then all of a he's sudden, pretty he's young. kind of on the um, out. Yeah, he's pretty young. So I don't know if maybe he just wasn't hitting and training like he had been at one point. Um, but uh, he fits Conte style super well. And he, both of these guys come from Juventus, which is interesting. Conte's got past relationships there. Mm-hmm. So it all makes sense as far as the backroom dealings that have been going on. Like Levy doesn't make signings like this ever. So it was really Conte going, I need these guys. This is why I've seen them play. They will work. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Oh, one more thing for Tottenham, uh, Brady X Tottenham guy, uh, Christian Eriksen signed with Brentford. Oh, didn't he? such a good, yeah. yes. Isn't that uh, cool? <laughs> yes. That makes my heart sing. It's good to see him back in the prem. Uh, he was talking to Spurs. Uh, I think it's just a, a money thing at this point on figuring yeah. out whether he's going to come back to Spurs. But I think Brentford's a great spot for him, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited to watch him back in the Prem. Really happy for him. Me too. Me too. All right, Liverpool time. Um, Liverpool sign Luis Diaz, suck okay. at Brady, suck at Premier League. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> From Porto. I think it might shake up the front three. A lot of people are saying... Um, with Mane not being in the best of form, that he's probably the most vulnerable right now to losing his spot. But we'll see. At least it'll create good competition for everybody. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, Klopp takes his time introducing players into the squad, so it will not happen right away. Uh, Liverpool has loaned out Nat Phillips, the replacement center back for us over the past couple seasons. He's going down to the championship to help Bournemouth uh, get promotion to the Premier League, most likely. Uh, they also have loaned out Nico Williams to Fulham for the remainder of the season, but somehow failed to get the paperwork done in time for the return deal for Carvalho, which was another young startlet that we were going to sign and then loan right back to Fulham. So now it complicates the deal and most likely knowing Liverpool, they will not pursue him because his price will most likely go up over the gotcha. summer. <laughs> so it was very disappointing because maybe an hour before the deadline, everybody said we got him. And the rumors, you know, on both Bleacher Report and The Athletic were saying it's pretty much a done deal, just the paperwork. And then it turned out he got the physical. It was all good to go. And somebody didn't submit the paperwork in no. time. So it, they knew they were against the clock, but still terrible. And then just uh, not related to the transfer news, but uh Chelsea and Liverpool do have a cup final coming up in February. I think it's yeah, the 27th baby. for the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be going head-to-head, Herman. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get some oh, silverware yeah. in Liverpool's trophy cabinet. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very confident today, aren't we? Yes. All right. EPL updates done. Check that off. Those teams, by the time this podcast comes out, We'll be done with their international break. Be back to playing regular season games this coming weekend. Along with the EPL, other leagues around the world will be doing the same, including our two teams for the game of the week next week, which is Lille versus PSG, Sunday, February 6th. At 145, there is no football this Sunday. 
unless you want to watch the Pro Bowl, which you don't. <laughs> so you've got no excuse. Tune in for this French matchup. Yeah, we're going to go to Ligue 1, watch some French soccer. Lille hasn't had as good of a season this year as they did last year. Meanwhile, PSG are crushing it, and we haven't gotten a chance to analyze Messi or watch Timmy Weah play for Lille. So uh, it'll we'll do a little quick Pochettino check-in, uh, watch this game. I, I think there will be fireworks. Messi is always fun to watch, always, which is why... I'm going with my prediction of two to one PSG win. Dave? Uh, I'm going to probably go three nil PSG. Ooh. Smashing. PSG. Uh, I'm going to go three to one PSG. I think Leo will score playing at home, but PSG should dominate this game. Good. Again, that takes place this coming Sunday, February 6th. We will be back next week during the off-season for the MLS. We've discussed doing an every-other-week episode schedule, and then when the fire pick things back up, we will as well. However, certain holidays are coming up close to the Monday, (laughs) two weeks from the 31st, on which this is being recorded. Therefore, we will be back next week. You're welcome. I did want to bring something up that we didn't mention yet, and we haven't really made fun of him enough for it. Uh, but a major player for the uh, 49ers against the Rams and also 49ers with their very successful victory over Aaron Rodgers, we haven't really made fun of Dave for the way that he pronounced the 49ers' best player. Did I? Did I think Debu is looking real good. Yep, so that's uh, Debu Samuel. I just wanted to sit in that. How does that make you feel, Dave? Fine with it. I was still right. 49ers <laughs> won. <laughs> yes, the, the principle of the thing, you were correct. However, we did have to make fun of you for Debu Samuel. <laughs> you should know, Dave, that every every time that he got the ball yesterday, there was a shout just- of <laughs> Debu, look at Debu go. <laughs> Debu Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Way to take it in stride, but you will never live that down. He's an all-star, and you've disrespected him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. Very good player. <laughs> Dave could care less. Am I going to get a Debu jersey in the mail? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great idea. That is going to do it for this week. That's a wrap. Thank you to all of our lovely listeners tuning in each and every week. Please continue to do so. Give our episodes a listen. Download them. Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send us an email. WindyCityWingers.info at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is, let us know. Brady, people want to reach out directly to you. Where can they do such a thing? I am on Twitter at stat underscore bro. And I am on Instagram at bradthebard13. Follow both, please. (laughs) Shameless plug. Dave, where can our listeners find you should they choose to do so? And pay attention 
because it's new. I this switched time. it up. Ooh. They can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Windy City underscore Dave. Excellent. Thank you to both of you. Thank you to everyone involved. Thank you to Ian and Jen. We'll catch you next week. Deboo.